This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, can United put AZ to bed? And will the D put Lichty's lights out? Hello and welcome to Twa Teams One Street this week. I'm Tom Duthie. Podcasting alongside me are Alan Temple. Hello. George Cran. Hello. And Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. Alan, the big question is it RZ or AZ? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've been going for RZ, but I think that's just because I want to sound clever. I don't know if that's actually accurate. That's because people like. You are, and I used to be, we spend hours travelling and you read the most obscure rubbish about various <laughs> things. United, fantastic result on Thursday. Dare I say, one of the most predictable results for a club like United and many others against Livingston on Sunday. Yeah, well, that's the, of the last nine meetings against Livingston, um, United have lost six times. So in the at the best of times, Livingston fancy their chances against United. And in terms of preparation and mental and physical fatigue, this wasn't the best of times for United. These European hangovers, it's a cliche and it's low-hanging fruit for a reason because it is true. It's incredibly difficult to bring yourself back up to those levels, to reach those physical highs to have the same emotional commitment when three days prior you've enjoyed one of, for several of those players, the most memorable night of their entire careers. Um, That's not the case for everyone within that squad, but for a few of them, absolutely. So it's perhaps no surprise that there was a bit of a come down against Livingston. United weren't catastrophic on another day. It could have finished 1-1, but you probably wouldn't grudge Livingston their, their victory, but... Tony Watt had a couple of chances. Matthew Cujo was excellent when he came on. But for that first hour, there's very little you can call it other than a continental hangover. The tempo wasn't there. The pace wasn't there. The stadium was a bit flat. There was just a feeling of, after the Lord Mayor show, there was a feeling of, we've just enjoyed a unforgettable night and there's another unforgettable night coming up. And in the meantime... I suppose we better play this game against Livingston. You know, it's it's, it's hard to, to shake that feeling and it shouldn't be the case. They're, you know, they're professional footballers and punters will be screaming uh, this and saying, well, I didn't pay any less for that game on Sunday, so why should, you know, it's, and I, I do understand that. But, but they're also human beings. Yes, they and are human all, beings. In all our working lives, you've had great days and really exciting days at work. Well, we, I never. But <laughs> most people have... But you do come in the next day and, and it's a bit, oh, it is, as you well, said, after the Lord Mayor show. So maybe people should recognise that sometimes, that footballers like the rest of us are human. Absolutely. And it was, it's not like it was a case of, you know, Dundee United turning in a, a poor showing after just another European game, you know, after perhaps they lost 1-0 or, or, or something like that. It was it was something a bit special on Sunday night. Uh, sorry, on on Thursday night. It's a atmosphere that certainly I've not experienced for at Tannadice. It's an atmosphere that 
fans who are more long in the tooth than me, you know, someone like a, a Jim Spence, for example, who was in the press box, said not only harked back to those nights in the 80s, but perhaps even surpassed a lot of them. It was that good. It was that electric. It was that loud. And Alkmaar were spooked and Dundee United not only had that in their corner, but they rose to that occasion and performance level shouldn't drop. As I say, they're professionals, but I, I think it is worth remembering that they are also yeah, human beings, as you rightly say, Tam, and it's only understandable that there was perhaps a little come down from what was a uh, one of the kind of, I would say, even as a neutral, one of the most memorable kind of professional experiences of my life, so let alone what it must have been like for the players and for those supporters. Having been generous and defensive of the players, Bear, it is part of a learning curve, but if, as we saw possibly most recently with St. Johnson last season, it's one that you have to learn from quickly, because if you don't, you could have a, a long, hard season. And hopefully, United do the business in Holland or the Netherlands this uh, Thursday and have to go through this scenario of Thursday night football followed by Sunday afternoon quite regularly this season. Yeah, well, the league is the bread and butter. You, you certainly don't want to be losing your home games. And not, not to no discredit to Livingston, who I think are... Uh, you know, David Martindale has, has got them set up fantastically well. I think they do very well or very little, Tom. I think the stats showed that uh, United had won 60% possession, but of that sort of 30-odd percent possession that Livingston had, they still managed to get the goal and create a few other good chances as well throughout the game. You see the way they play the game. Um, I saw the highlights, big Joel Newbley up front, who I think is a real star in the making, Tom. I, I think he's got a few rough edges, but his sheer size... You know, yeah. I've seen him playing against the old firm and he, he just gives his opposition player problems and defenders in general problems because they just don't know how to handle him. And he sucks boys in and then lays balls off into runners. And Livingston have got plenty of runners coming from deep, the full-backs. You know, boys like Pittman and Shinny as well got up the park quickly. Um, but for United, yeah, they've got to get... They've, it's, it's a difficult one, you know, as, as Alan's alluded to, you know... The high of last Thursday, I mean, again, once again, I saw the game on the TV and it was a quite remarkable atmosphere and the fans deserve credit for making that sort of atmosphere and the players then take that on and fantastic performance, a fantastic win. But let's not lose sight of the fact that they're in the Premier League, they've got to stay in the Premier League. They should be beating teams like Livingston if they want to get back into Europe again next season and keep that, that success and the progression going. You know, so it's important that um, they bear that in mind when they can't afford the levels to drop too hard, uh, too too far. Uh, I say, and, but you see it uh, across the country in these European games, the teams, most clubs tend to have a bit of a hangover. But the teams mm -hmm. who are able to cope with that now are the massive teams down in England who have dual squads where they're able yeah. to make massive changes to their side without yeah. affecting their performance. Dundee United are not there. They have to utilise quite a big chunk of those players that played on Thursday night. We're back in again, you know, on Sunday, and that can be that can be difficult. But as I say, they've got this game coming up on uh, Thursday, massive game for the club. Hopefully, they can get themselves through. But they then go to another big game three days later at Tynecastle on uh, Sunday term. Now United are, are currently sitting with one point. Now Tynecastle is a big ask, so they've got to get their heads switched back on, and that's that's one of the things. That's one of the crosses you've got to bear when you, you, you take the plaudits for getting into Europe. They take the financial benefits from that, 
but it means that you're going to be playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday for, a, for, for quite a lengthy period. So you've got to take, bear that in mind. So yeah, you've got to keep your eye on both camps. I should actually reiterate at this point that George is with us today, but as a Queen of the South fan <laughs> who covers Dundee, what a way to speak about that glorious European night, George. So I take it you've got nothing to say. Well, we've been in Europe. Oh, oh I remember, I yeah, remember this that. century. Yeah, I remember Queen of the South's yeah, European yeah. campaign. Uh, campaign <laughs> in inverted commas. <laughs> Two games we never even played at Palmerston. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? I think we had to move it to Mullerwell, I think. Because we've not, not got enough seats. But, but yeah. I think it's, it's, it's fair. But thanks for that. High, yeah. I just, you know, I, I, I'm nasty, <laughs> George. I can't help it. It's just my nature. But we should highlight, it was a, an amazing occasion on uh, Thursday night. Uh, one that, as Alan says, those who are longer in the tooth. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember those days. Uh, I, I, I remember long before I was working, going and standing in the old sort of cliff opposite the, the stand at Tanneris, and they were great. They were great nights. Mm-hmm. I've, I have a vague memory of Dundee being in Europe as well, <laughs> but that's... In fact, the f- very first game I ever went to was a European game at Dens Park. But, but Tanneris full on a European night is something special, and it's... It is great that people got to be reminded of that or savour it for the first time. It is great, but at the same time, the challenge now becomes making sure that wasn't just a one-off. If Dundee United can get through and be one tie away from a European group phase against either FC Riga or Gil Vicente, both teams immeasurably weaker than Azed Alkmaar, then... You can only imagine what that home leg's going to be like for, for that tie-out beyond August the 18th and Tanadice would once again be absolutely electric. So that's the next challenge. I think we've you know, we've spoken a bit about how special that win was last week and uh, anyone that was there or watched it on TV probably doesn't need me to articulate that any further and the performance was, was magnificent, not just as some in the AZ camp would have you believe, not just long ball football, not just <laughs> physicality, not just strength. It was... Some really good stuff from Dundee United, but that's gone now. It's last week. It's irrelevant. If Dundee United go out, then that display was literally for nothing. So it's now about getting the game face on, about responding to that Livingston disappointment and making sure they don't let what is a golden opportunity to go through slip through their fingers. Because last week, not only did they manage to emerge victorious from a from a really good occasion, but they also proved they can go toe-to-toe with... As Ed Alkmaar, in every level, not just physically, not just energy, but tactically and technically, they proved that they can give them a game. So now that you know that, go over there with belief, go over there with structure, with confidence, play a bit of football. Don't just get camped in and look to defend because they will eventually score if you do that. If all that happens and the players are courageous enough and good enough to carry out the game plan, then they could get a really, really special result. And that's now what the focus needs to be rather than thinking about you know, rather than think about what was a great night last week, let's make sure there's a great night to look forward to next week. Do you think they can do it? Yes. Yeah, I do. I think I would be less confident if last week had felt like a smash and grab. We've seen European, we've seen the Scotland national team and we've seen uh, Scottish club teams grab victories, kind of smash and grab just through sheer force of will or physicality or from a set piece um, and then, but always have that sneaking feeling of 
yeah, they were a bit better than us, though. <laughs> you know, they, it'll probably all come crashing down in the second leg. I didn't feel like that in the first leg. I felt like guys like Charlie Mulgrew, Dylan Levitt, Stephen Fletcher, I felt like they were as good players as their counterparts in the AZ Alkmaar team. So let's bin this inferiority complex, bin this feeling of, oh, it'll all come crashing down in the second leg and just treat it like a football match. Treat it as 11 versus 11. And in many cases, I think Dundee United had the better players in their respective positions. It's still a huge task. And as Ed might turn it on in the second leg, but um, can they do it? The answer to that is emphatically yes, of course they can. And Bear, I mean, United have only got an allocation of 1,300 tickets, but I mean, I'm privileged in that I've travelled with both city clubs away to European nights, and it's, we'll always highlight the home atmosphere, but fans from this city make a lot of noise. They'll make themselves heard, and that's got to be a help. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm pretty sure that, um, as away fans normally do in stadiums, you know, they'll let the players know that they're there and they'll let the opposition players know that they're there and the opposition fans so yeah they'll be they'll be well up for it and I just hope that United can go there and I believe they can they can go through as well but they need to hold their nerve on the night what, what they don't need to do, do is sort of play with as I was spoken about an inferiority complex where you start the game on your 18 yard line and you effectively yeah. try to play the game out mm. for 90 minutes totally. in your own box and you end up mm. you, you just end up losing time but I don't think that'll be the case with United we've spoken about the guy uh, Alan touched on it Charlie Mulgrew you know Stephen Fletcher Tony Watt these guys who have who have played at a higher level played at international level these are the guys that other players can look to and you know just as Cameron been play a bit of football they do have a big advantage, that one goal advantage, but it's also the clean sheet at Tardis is massive. If they can go over there, you know, and pinch a goal, that starts, that starts uh, Alkmaar, I would suggest, they will start panicking and stop. They, their game plan then becomes more of a rush, a rush job because they've got to get themselves back in it. And, and, and their game plan goes out the window. So it will be a case for, a, a case, a night for calm heads, you know, and, and, and doing what you're good at. But I'm sure that the manager have spoken to the players and where they've been in the past, a lot of them have played in bigger games than this, Tom. Well, it's a big game for Dundee yeah. United. A lot of the players have played in Champions League football, etc. So, you know, use that experience to your advantage and, and take it on. But it's, it's there for United to go and get a fantastic result. There's no doubt about that. Early bombardment expected, George? Quite possibly, but that's something... This should be United, ready for. Yeah, some. Well, I'd like to see United approach approach the game in quite a similar way. Obviously, you have to change going away from home, but they were right in it. Yeah, because if you're right in the their, same clothes for a week, maybe. <laughs> 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 well, the weather way though. Um, they were right in the, right in their faces on Thursday. I really liked that about the way United went about the game. Um, they were really positive. They went for the win, and they they got their rewards for that. And it's. When you're talking about generations of seeing Scottish teams do well in, in Europe, the modern generation haven't seen Scottish teams, other than Rangers and Celtic, do anything in Europe for years. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the last team that actually won a big tie like this. Can't even remember. But I guess you would say St Johnson's draw over in Galatasaray yeah. was a big result. But again, as we were saying about the first leg of that AZ tie, it, it's kind of rendered slightly forgettable when exactly. you then don't progress yeah and and that was kind of 
understandably back to the wall but the way United were really positive I really liked that about them so that, I think they have to do that again they have to keep the ball which is major having Dylan Levitt in the, in the middle of the park could be you could see the quality that he brought on, on Thursday yeah, but, I, uh, I, sorry I was just thinking these two whippersnappers bear keep remember uh, keep reminding us we're the older generation <laughs> something that strikes me about the great United team of the 80s Sometimes they went away and barely came out their own half. It's about mm-hmm. finding a way to get the result you need, yeah. isn't it? Oh. It's great if you can go. It's great if you can do a Barcelona or a Borussia Mönchengladbach yeah. in '87 in the semi-final of the UEFA Cup. Yeah. United were barely out their own yeah. half until the last five minutes. But, but, but won Jim, the game. Jim McQueen but, had built a team that was ideal for European yeah. football. They could stifle opposition. They could defend properly. Gave very little away, but lightning. Lightning on the break, Tom. Mm-hmm. Like guys like Ralph Milne, Eamon Bannon, Paul Sturrock, you know, Dodds uh, as well up front in, in yeah. the box and everything. They were sniffing about and they'd sneak goals, and, and that's the way they played in Europe, and they were exciting. And that's what Dungeon you have to do. You can't, you have to find a way. You've also got to defend properly in the game. Don't give the opposition any chance whatsoever. Don't make any blunders, real bad mistakes that are, are going to cost you. But you also have to find a way to get yourself up the park and be a nuisance at the top end yeah. of the park. Mm-hmm. You've got to have that. And that's what I find. I think clubs in Scotland find great difficulty in doing. But watch teams, even, even Celtic and Rangers to a point, we've seen them at, at times, you know, play well in Europe and, and and defensively do well, but not really hurt opposition teams. They've changed that over the past few years, I've got to say. Yeah, I saw a bit of criticism yeah. of Rangers actually last week for... Do, for seem, some of the reports I read suggested that they basically would try to make it a, yeah. a, an Ibrox decider yeah. rather than let's let's do something in the no, first leg. That's it. But you, you can do it. We saw it's a different scenario, obviously, but it's a similar to to what Livingston did at Tannadice on Sunday with thirty odd percent possession, but they're still able to score a goal and again mm-hmm. create good chances when you know when uh, you're going forward. It's not just a case of lumping the ball up the pitch meaninglessly and and it comes back in, into your own. And your own half as quickly as it's gone up there, and if they can do that, you know you, you get the opposition thinking. And the longer the game goes, and you're still on top, you know it doesn't matter who they are, they are going to start pressing the panic button at some point. And that's when you start finding gaps. You know players will, will move out of position trying to help help them them on the attack. But that's when you can counter attack on and, and hopefully you know do something at the other end yourself. There's so. definitely there's definitely something to be said for that keeping it tight in the opening twenty minutes and trying to keep a bit of possession and frustrate the home crowd because the one thing we're obviously not massively au fait with is obviously the the, the context of what the AZ fans are thinking. Mm. But I, I thought it was really interesting seeing a lot of the replies to the first leg result and even just generally a, a little bit of the malaise around the ticket sales for the Tuzla match and even now this Dundee United match only just ticked over sort of 5,000 home fans. I think they're expecting maybe 10 by full time at best. There is a there's a wee bit of apathy. There's a wee bit of questioning of the manager going on. You know, a lot of the replies were given it. It's been eighteen months of mediocrity. We're on the decline. We're not. So, although we're obviously not as familiar with mm. the media landscape and yeah. what the fans are thinking, I think there's pressure there to be put on. As Ed, so it's about they're off. They're coming off the back of a two 0 win against Go Ahead Eagles. That was the first um, Eredivisie game at the weekend. Um, so you know that'll have given them a little boost, but. I think there's definitely something to be said for a nervousness that could be created. You know, Tuzla managed to keep them quiet for opening 20 minutes and had a really good chance before they conceded a 
you know, a, they considered a daft penalty. But there was moments in that game where, in the home leg, where the fans were getting on their back a little bit. So there's something to be said for that. And I think there's... And you always have to be aware of that game. Was it 4-0 it ended? And it looks a great performance by EZ, but there's a thing in European ties, once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. And very often a game that in the league maybe would have finished 1 or 2-0, yeah. the victors mount, mount up quite a good and score. That was the second leg away from home yeah. when Tuzla realised the game was gone. So you're bang on. That wasn't, a, right. that wasn't a reflection of the tie. So, I, I mean, I think a couple of players will be really important. I think Charlie Mulgrew will come back into the side. Both Ross Graham and Scott McMahon had a tough time against Big Joe Nubley, as, as Bear rightly put a points out. And I think Charlie Mulgrew has to come back in for, for Ross. And Dylan Levitt will be vital. He needs to look after the football. He needs to be a calming influence yeah. and he has the bottle to do that without a shadow of a doubt. And in particular, I think Tony Watt's going to be really mm. important because we're talking about making that ball stick. Where you need to have an out ball because there will be, you will be under the cosh. As Ed will look to get on the front foot, the one thing that needs to happen is when you turn over possession, you need to have an out ball. And I'm not sure, St Stephen Fletcher will hold it if you give it to him, but he can't run the channels all night long. He, he just can't. Tony Watt can, and we saw in the first leg, he is so clever at winning free kicks. He'll take possession into him, he'll try and beat a man, and you would back him, at the very least, not to lose possession. He'll win a free kick, or he'll run into a corner, or he'll beat a man, and I think Tony Watt needs to be his absolute best. I think he could be a really big player for Dundee United in terms of diligently doing his defensive stuff, and at the other end, being that outball for United. He's got so much European experience, and the ability to be a really important player. So I think in terms of pinpoint, I mean, everybody's going to need to be on it, let's not be silly. <laughs> but, you know, in terms of pinpointing a few key players, I think those would be ones I would look at. And finally, it would be, a, although it's a debut and it's always, a lot comes with a debut, it would be nice to think that Aziz Behich might get a... a Get through the red tape. I was I was laughing at the notion that he might make his debut. <laughs> um it's all it's yeah, it's all getting a bit uh yeah, it's all getting a bit Japanese goalkeeper this, isn't it, at the moment? I think there's a real <laughs> don't, don't mention his name. There's a real, I, I deliberately didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a real uh, I think there's a frustration at the part of all at Dundee United. It's not something that they can do anything about it's in the issues you know it's in the hands of the home office this is a this is a work permit slash visa issue so and if reports are to be believed like the rest of the government they're on holiday well yeah i think there are what we're you know diplomatically calling unforeseen uh, delays so that it has to be said this has been the case it's been a close season of of this if you talk to Anybody at football clubs, this has been hellish for work permits and visas this summer. It's becoming difficult to get people in from the, the EU because we're obviously no longer mm. in it. So let alone, actually, I know I know guys at Hearts, for example, were found the wait for Kai Rose's work permit to be absolutely maddening. But he came, he obviously was signed much earlier than Behich, so he's been able to play. And yeah, they're desperate to get it through. They're desperate to have competition for Scott McMahon. He's a... He's a you know fabulous pedigree as he's Behich and he is the type of player who, I mean, he has quite literally played for a far bigger team in Holland than Azed Alkmaar are. So he wouldn't be overawed. The man's played for PSV Eindhoven. So he is somebody that I think Jack Ross would very much like to have in his starting lineup. And if the work permit comes through in sufficient time that he can be shaped up and uh, do a little bit of the tactics work um, ahead of the match, then. I think they would put him straight in. I really do. Because uh, he's been training with the team. He's fully fit. He's experienced. 
but he just he would need to be he wouldn't again the technicalities of how football teams you know prepare for a match he would need to be training in time to do the shaping up so that um, they weren't caught out in that regard but much like Jamie McGrath was pitched in off the bench for that first leg I think they would pitch Assis Behich straight in but even in the starting lineup this time great stuff after this we're heading for five George <laughs> I've done you on the march maybe Maybe. <laughs> it's Dundee. What can I say? Oh. I can't. There's a rallying cry. <laughs> right, lads. Here's what we're going to maybe do today. So I've, right. I've covered Dundee long enough. That, uh, uh, making predictions. Oh, George, just, just lie to me. Eh? Just tell me that. I, I think it was a good, a good response uh, from obviously Partick. Well, they didn't defend well. They gave away poor goals. Didn't do any of that on Saturday. They didn't played brilliantly it wasn't exactly a classic performance but it was a good championship performance it's the type you, you kind of have to just roll the sleeves up and battle your way through the, I like the way they started the game they got right after race uh, intensity of the, of the first half but both teams was really good to watch I thought there, were, there was lots of energy there wasn't a huge amount of quality there wasn't a huge amount of possession but you can see the way Dundee are wanting to shape up with these young players. They want to get after the opposition. And Rodden was leading the line. Then there was McMullen and Yakubiak coming in behind. And then the young lads, Anderson and Mulligan, were the next line. And then Burn was behind them. So Wraith found it very difficult to actually build any sort of anything from the back. And Dundee deserved their lead at half time. I thought they were, they were pretty good in the first half. And then Wraith stuck on. Dylan Easton changed up the, the way they played. Dundee had to sit back a bit and soak up a wee bit. But they, could, they also could have made it. Uh, they had chances in the second half. They should have scored to make it 2-0. And they didn't give up many big chances. Harry Sharp had some really good saves, but aside from the slip they had, there was no major chance that the Wraith created. So overall, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't brilliant, but it's something to build on, I would, I would say, and it, a lot better than last week anyway. And Bear, as I look down the championship table, it's packed with teams that may or may not be in the promotion race, but Wraith, Partick, Hamilton, Inverness, Morton even. As I say, whether or not they're in the promotion race, the one thing they might stop you doing is you getting promoted because they're difficult places to go. So it's got, I mean, whatever the circumstances, three points at a place like Starts Park, you have to be happy with. Yeah, yeah, I think Lee Wokey's always saying, if you're going to win the championship, it's it's win your home games and a point away away from home is good, you know. Yeah. And they've gone to Wraith on, a, on an artificial surface and won. And as George said, I think over the piece, they probably deserved it. Just about, um, yeah. You know, first half started well. Game became a bit eeksy peeksy up to half time. Dylan Easton came on and added a bit of spark to Wraith Rovers, and they started looking a bit more dangerous. But fair play to Dundee, you know, for a 15 minute spell, Wraith were looking dangerous, but then Dundee took a grip of the game again, mm. I thought, towards the end. So, yeah, the most important thing was they got that three points. You know, Gary Boyer, for all the good work that he, he did in the League Cup group, that, you know, that was a right kick in, in the teeth. Yeah, um, came the Patrick Thistle game. So, it was imperative they went over there and, and, and got the win and they did that and that'll be a relief for him. And I do think he is still he is still finding out. He's only been at the club for about two months now, maybe not even that. Um, he is still finding out about his players, who can do what, who who can't do this and who, 
who maybe is, is better suited to this. And he's changing the way he, he's lining up as well. We've seen Mulligan over on the right-hand side. Mm. Sometimes this, he was he was tucked in uh, on Saturday and still looks as though he, he can do a job. I, I've got to say, I've been very impressed with the way he's gone about his business so far this season. But there's other areas of the park you're still unsure of, uh, maybe not quite functioning. And I think that's more to do with the fact that it's early in the season. I think we'll see that the team improving a better shape to the team as we move on. Um, I thought, I felt for Zach Rodden, I thought Zach Rodden did a power of work, George will tell you. I mean, mm. he, he covered a lot of hard yards, but through the course of the game, I think he only had one chance. He was a bit unfortunate he hit, hit the post. Um, I think if he can get a goal, he, he has got goals in him, but they've got to find a way to create more chances chances I'd, for him. There's no doubt about they, they are missing a bit of create, creativity, I think. Especially McGowan didn't start. He, yeah. he came back, came off the bench. They missed him hugely at Partick. No, that's right. But that, there's, there's, they haven't really got another player that's got that kind of bit of guile, have they? Yeah, no, they, they do. They, they lack a bit of that. They lack a bit of that. And I sometimes wonder... Uh, about Paul McMullen he seems to you know he starts off in one area of the mm. partner I think he's given a free f- you know free sort of hand by the manager just go where he want because he pops up all over the place but I'd rather see him f- concentrating on just doing one job time you know maybe mm-hmm. sticking him saying you stick on that right hand side and your job is to just go and take continually take on the fullback mm. continually take on the fullback and get ball get to the byline get balls into the box that's your job for today you know you do that and it's up to Zach Rodden or whoever else is up there to put the ball in the net. But yeah, the, the most important thing was the, was the three points. I think they're all still finding their way. Um, so good one for, for Gary Boyer. I, I've, got, I've got to say there was a, a sizable travelling support there as well. So good for them. They'll be in, encouraged by that. And uh, hopefully there'll be a, a decent turnout again on Friday when they take on mm-hmm. our broth because you know, there are a lot of fans down in the party game. Um, at Dens and so I think they'll, they'll, they'll be given a second chance here so hopefully they can go and do it against the tough tough Arbroath side let's make no bones about that and Alan clean sheet important because as smart managers do what what Gary Boyer had seemed to have done through the League Cup games is pretty much sort out the defence and then it all came crashing down against Partick so yeah. to get back to a clean sheet was, was big for them absolutely I think one of the recurring themes that we discussed during the, the Premier Sports uh, campaign was right, it's all been plain sailing but what happens when there's a setback what happens when there's a kick in the teeth and shipping three goals at home would definitely uh, qualify as something that could have been a kick to morale, it could have been you know, sown a few seeds and made the players think oh well here, you know, last season here we go again, type thing so the fact that They've went away and maybe not always been champion football. They've had to ride their luck slightly in the closing stages, but it's that clean sheet is is pivotal, and I think that will be. I think that will help put a few, you know, doubts if there were any creeping into bed. It'll also be good for the supporters to you know to, you know, you saw the following that they had there and seeing a gutsy uh, win away from home in a tough venue will kind of you would imagine lift them slightly. But again fascinated by uh, you know I brought it up but in previous episodes but home games at Dens Park in the league when they're expected to win I still yeah. think they are challenging you know I, I think Dundee are going to be a scalp for every single team in this league every single team in this league will go to Dens Park and play the why oh, they're expecting to walk away with the league let's go and show them card and they 
kind of they failed that mm. first test at Dens Park in the league, and I'll be fascinated to see. I think, as far as I'm concerned, that's their next big test is turn Dens Park into a fortress. Because as Bear's talking about what Lee Wilkie was saying, you know, you need to win your home mm. games. You need to make Dens Park a place where you win games. You win games well. You entertain your fans. You can't make it a venue where you start to think. Oh, every team's coming here and playing with freedom and they're taking points off us and we're a wee bit nervous and you get back to making that home ground a fortress. They've had tr- trouble with our growth before as well at the end. So I think maybe fans watching forget that our growth are a very good team. 100%. And just see that we are both, we should be beating them yeah. every, every, every week. So I, th- I think, that yeah, that's, that's I think it'd be another big test on, on Friday, but mm. I do fancy them. What I was going to say about that, I mean, Alan rightly says, I mean, teams, teams will come and want to play freedom, but Managers, particularly experienced managers, bear, and we're getting the experienced manager coming on Friday. I'll also be mentioning it to the players. And hey, Rab Douglas is in the Arbroath camp. Though Dens has a reputation as a place where, if you can start the game well, the home fans yeah. give their own players stick, and that'll get mentioned, won't yeah, it? Yeah, they'll, they'll be aware of that and they'll use that to their advantage. And let's be honest, Arbro's away record over the past 24 months, probably longer, is is quite phenomenal. But what George has mentioned, Arbro's have given the problems, but, I mean, George, maybe you've got the stats on us. I can't remember Arbro beating Dundee for a long, long no, time. No, no, but I, I'm yeah. just thinking of games where first half yeah. it's, it's been really yeah. tight and no, yeah. not very many chances one, and the crowd yeah. starts. One thing I was saying in Dundee's favour, I noticed this on Saturday when I was looking at the bench, just how strong the, the bench is. You know, most championship clubs mm. would love to have the calibre a player Dundee actually has on the sidelines. You know, they've got guys like Paul McGowan, uh, Niall McGinn, they had Luke didn't Mc- even get on. Luke, no, Mc- Luke McCowan, they had uh, Big Ashcroft, come, Ashcroft came on. I was going to say, well, most yeah. championship clubs are not in their position. If well, Ashcroft trained to the point of being stripped, yeah. they would ha- most championship clubs would have to start a player of his. Yeah, so that, that, that's an advantage, especially if you have to change things. You know, so and but even you know, even if you don't, just the opposition looking at their bench and going, "Geez, peeps," and then you look at most opposition benches, you, you, you struggle to find a name player. Struggling to fill them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're in a good a good place as far as the squad goes, and I'm sure Gary Boyer's go, obviously he's determined to bring more players in. Um, so that should improve. We we'll maybe get Jordan McGee back as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going well. I thought Zach Robinson did well when he came on. I like the look up front. Yeah. He looks he looks a powerful guy. He looks a strong runner. So there's options options there. But um, yeah, they're they're back on track. They're back on track, and you know they've just got to keep it going. But as I say, Gary Boyer is is is, is feeling his way to a team. Tom. That's what, that's yeah. the impression I got. He's he's looking at everyone. You know, saying what can you do? He stuck Lee Ascroft came on in the middle of the park on Saturday, just sitting in front of the defence. He didn't want to. He took, he took off Mark. Was it Max Anderson? Yeah, just yeah. see the see the game. Just out, to see the game. Out. But as you can imagine, I mean, you know, he was he was immense in that last sort that. of ten minutes. Anything that went in the box, he put his head on it and cleared it. I just wonder. The the big thing for me looking at it, I see Ryan Sweeney as a saw That's his position in there. He's captain. Yeah. So I'm not yeah. so sure about Tyler Finch, although he is new at the club. He's done well. I think Ashcroft would be a more stronger central defender, but. I think Tyler French looks as though he can play and he's got pace. That gives you a cover at right back yeah. or maybe a challenge at right back for mm-hmm. someone like Cami Kerr, you know, going up and down that right-hand side. So I'll be interested to see how he finds his team. Ultimately, 
the team will be decided on how well they do it. If they're winning yeah. games, if you're a manager, you're reluctant to change. You, you just go again with it, you know. So, and, but I'm sure we'll see a few uh, tweaks over the next few weeks. But let's be upbeat about this, George. And, and it's great to be able to complement our growth with what I'm about to say. If Dundee beat them on Friday, that's a statement win. They've had a solid win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say that the sh word <laughs> that they had against Patrick Thistle. <laughs> but this uh, would be a statement if they beat if they go and beat Arbroath on Friday night, then people will set up. Yeah, and uh, and taking six points from these first three pretty tough fixtures. To be honest, I mean Partick, I expect them to be challenging up the top. Raithaways. Not the, not the easiest, although they're not in the best of shape at the moment. But and yeah, our both are still pretty much the same team as last season, without maybe without the the lone strikers. Yeah, probably since very least, our both will be a top half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think they'll be in the playoffs team eh? and could easily think so. yeah. do what they did last year. Yeah, and, and no, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. And then you look at the games after that couple of away tricky away games at Morton and Ayr, but you should be looking to win those. And then you've got Queens Park at home. It's it could end up if you do things right. Am I being too George, optimistic? I was, I was looking for a wee bit of positivity in a statement. When you've you've got the league of <laughs> the positive thing. Dick for, Campbell's booked a holiday for yeah. October. The, the positive thing for Dundee is I think there's a lot less threat in that a growth team. They'll still be organised. Yeah. They'll still be diligent. They'll still be you know really well drilled and and you know look to do what they can in possession. But they lack the that wild card ability to just bag a goal, bag that one chance that Joel Newbley gave them and then laterally that Jack Hamilton mm. gave them. Those two players are huge misses for a club like Abroth. They managed to do brilliantly in tempting Jack Hamilton back after losing Joel Newbley, but a club with the resources that Abroth do, they're not going to find a striker like that every time they need to. No. You know, there's not there's not a striker like that every six months for mm. the money that they're paying. So you I can think see that, that in the results as well. Absolutely, nil nils, so. exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. That, that that shows you that they are doing what they did last season, but they're lacking the spark yeah. in the final mm-hmm. third that would turn those uh, nil nils into one nils in their favour. So that's the one thing that would. Not that there would be a fear factor of you know Dundee playing a broth, but if there would, was a, a trepidation, that that should maybe take away some mm. of that oh, trepidation. Oh, we can be afraid yeah. of anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think as well. You look Ten at the, minutes I mean, in, you look at the you look at the division. Two games in, there's nobody with maximum points. Ah, yeah. So that that tells you how tight that league's going to be, but it also tells you if you could string a run of results together, you could put a fair gap between yourself and quite a few clubs. Start. You know, so that's that's the thing. We get a bit of momentum going. We're talking about if Dundee can can get the three points, and 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 then sort of start looking well. Here they're back on on the bus again in terms of sort of picking up wins. You know, other clubs will start. You know, I'm not saying panic, but they're, they're doing mm-hmm. what they're expected to do effectively, and that could only breed confidence within the group. And it's one of those. I mean, for our both because are quite local. It's one of those. I'm, I don't think it is in anyway a negative statement to say Dick Campbell would probably take an, uh, another nil-nil from this one because part of his thing is Alan says he can't go and he, he, he pulled a couple of rabbits out of the hat in the last uh, season or two with, with great loan signings and whatnot. but another way to, to do it and have a successful season is build your squad's confidence again and if he comes away with a nil-nil on uh, Friday night says to the players well We've now got them at our place twice and only here once and we've taken a point. And they can build into a season, which he's done before. I think Dick Campbell's strategy is always to 
not lose the game first and foremost and then there's every chance you might win it yeah. like so i don't think that's actually overly different from what your strategy was last season it's just and they still do have some very good players they still have some very talented players and often overlooked players but i just think they're missing magic in the in the final third but you're right if i think a growth starting point will always be let's not lose the game because as Dick Campbell will always remind us, their first priority is not to get relegated. So in order quite right too. Yeah, in order mm. to do that, you, your priority is not to lose football matches. And then if you're structured enough to do that, then you'll probably win enough. Uh, whether that's set pieces, whether that's a, a couple of efforts from distance, but Nicky Low Magic, Michael McKenna, whatever it may be. So yeah, uh, you're Asking Dick Campbell, would he take a nil-nil draw on Friday night? He's saying, he's saying yes, of course he is. Very wise manager. Jim McLean used to say, and it was usually about January, we can't be relegated. <laughs> but what that gives you, if you if you get that position, Bit of freedom. you mm. get that position in December, January, then you can go and take chances yep. trying to win. A defeat's not a disaster. And But equally, George Dundee, three points could do them so much good. Particularly at home, I think as Bear says, they've got a wee bit of making up to do with the home fans after after the. There was a lot of optimism coming off the Premier Sports Cup and the way the team were playing and the goals they were scoring, and there was a lot of people at their first game really because if you look at the size of the crowd, it, yeah. was, it was a huge step up from it from the Premier game. I must admit, I'd, I'd, if there'd been three thousand at that part of the game, I wouldn't have been surprised because mm. the Dundee fans have had to endure a lot in uh, recent seasons. The season ticket numbers, I think, are pretty good this season as well, actually. Um, so I, so the the fans that it was the first time they'd seen their team, they didn't see the team that we had all seen in the, in yeah. the Premier game. So I think, yeah, they need, they need to show a bit of that. I think a bit of a excitement. Uh, Friday night game it might bring that under the lights it always has a, has a kind of strange effect I find it's always better um, maybe it's my bad lifestyle but it always had an effect on me I think I could be in the pub <laughs> <laughs> this is what Saturday afternoons are for um, I'm looking forward to it though. That, interesting to see if Ashcroft gets his start because he looks pretty much ready I think they've been careful with him understandably Adam Langston was on the bench yeah, it's uh, which is people good. People coming back, and, and it's good. Two big voices, I would I would say as well, are leaders that Gary Bowie was saying last week. That he needs leaders in his team. He was trying to get more people to step up, take responsibility. Those two certainly do that. Um, so Harry Sharp was good. Made some really good saves. Kicking wasn't great. Got away with the one. He slipped. It wasn't particularly his fault, but he slipped. In his own six-yard box when he had the ball. His feet aren't there. He would have got blamed for it. He would have got blamed for it. But that's on the plastic what young keepers do, though. Yeah, 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 young yeah. defenders. As George said he had a, had a couple of a couple of fantastic saves. There's Sam Stanton on that start. He had one late crazy. on that, that came through the crowd, and you he, he would expect him to save it, but he held on to it as yeah. well, which was important. But the one, the one where he actually he's got the ball at his feet and he knocks it a couple of yards in front of him, and, and the race player then starts to close him, and, and, and he goes. His just feet goes from underneath him, and I've got to say the guy's got to score. I don't yeah. know. I'm it's not sure what he's doing. He, Sharp tried to get him and recover the situation and make himself as big as possible, but he was floundering. Mm-hmm. So it was a case of just stepping into the side and going around him and putting it in the net. But he tried to just flick it over him and put it wide. So yeah, you, you you take your luck as a goalkeeper yeah. because right. you get enough bad luck at times. So, <laughs> yeah. but as Tom has mentioned, clean sheets absolutely. Ah. 
pivotal to confidence. That's why it's, it's you know, Ardrow, two clean sheets, not the worst results in the world. Absolutely nah. not, because you know somewhere down the line, as long as you're keeping clean sheets, you're going to pick up points. Mm. And, and more often than not, you're going to pick up three points. Did it? I, th- I think Langston's might come in at some point, though, when he's up to speed, purely for his experience. Do you think, for a, the case of not damaging a young player's morale, that waits until Harry Sharp makes a mistake to lose the gloves? Or do you think the manager says, you've done brilliantly, we're just going to go for a bit of experience? Because it's, it's a tough one to, to juggle, yeah. isn't it? I, th- I think it might be the, the second one. I, th- I think possibly not Friday. I don't know how ready Adam, Adam Langston's is. But um, purely because is it, Adam Lyson is very loud yeah. uh, at the back. You could hear that when there was no crowd. You could hear him shouting at the wingers, like away up the other side of the pitch, telling them what to do. He's very experienced. I, th- I think I think that it wouldn't be anything that particularly Harry Sharp had done wrong, but I think just having that ex- experienced voice at the back would, would, would help in... Big moments, particularly games like the Partick Thistle game, I think they were maybe missing a voice or two. Paul McGowan missing these, certainly making his voice known on uh, to Josh Mulligan on Saturday when Mulligan decided to shoot rather than pass. <laughs> he was McGowan was going ballistic. Well, that's what you need. That's yeah. what you need. I, I watched Man City the other day, and uh, God, I can't remember who it was, but it was Haaland. Made him no, I beg your pardon. I'm, my age is catching up with you. I was watching Liverpool on Saturday and Nunes, who was on fire when he came on, let somebody run off him. Jordan Henderson chased him up the pitch. Didn't care how many millions he cost. He was pointing his finger at him saying, you don't do that, son. Mm-hmm. And that's what you ah, need. You need these people on the park. And to be fair, I think... Spoke to Josh Mulligan after the game and he can accept Also, it. I have to say, experience uh, tells me that... See, when you do that... People actually forget that you just did the same thing as yeah. they did ten minutes earlier. <laughs> I, did look, I did look like a, I mean, there was a good move down the left hand side. Mulligan had come in and, and he was in. If he played it earlier across the face of the goal, nah. he could have been running or or uh, um, McGowan. McGowan. Yeah. But then he, he cut when he cuts inside. I think he's you know he's perfectly entitled to have a shot at the goal. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got the goal squared up. The keeper's made a, a terrific save. It, and uh, I think Zach Grun hits a post when it, as, as it drops. But uh, you know, Paul McGowan isn't a natural scorer. He's not an easy. He's not nah. a guy. He, he scored some terrific goals in his time, but he, he looks to me as he's he got started a as a very. Yeah. He started as an off the front player. Ah, was a winger, wasn't it? Yeah. But what I would say is he was on his own. It was at the back post. You're playing on Arsenal stuff. The likelihood is if it's his flat pass. It was one 0 yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. It was, that would have finished the game. Game over. Yeah. But McGowan was so angry. He was having. A, he was having a go at the bench <laughs> because McGowan, Mulligan didn't pass them. He was. <laughs> I know it's good. It's, it's, I think it, it is because he wants the team to do well. But it was quite funny. If the if the outlawed moaning, what would my purpose in life be? <laughs> anyway, that's all we've got time for this week. Well done, guys, and hopefully it will be good news in the latter part of the week. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice. Or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>